bong, 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 bong. Hey, everyone. Hey, every bong. It's the Herald and Modcast. Yeah, it is. What's up? And uh, we are here to tell everyone that you shouldn't listen to the crowd go see Blade Runner 2049. And you should, for once, listen to the critics. Yeah. Actually listen to them on this one, you fools. And do yourself a fucking favor. Go see a real film. Don't yeah. have to wait for Fast and Furious 12. You can go see a real movie like a real boy and experience something different. <laughs> real Transformers. Boy. Car porn. <laughs> yeah, we're going to review the film and also we're going to give some recommendations. Since it is October, we're going to give some horror, now streaming horror film recommendations for everyone to check out. Yep, tis the season. Tis the season. To make loads. Yeah, my favorite season. I love October. I love Halloween. It's awesome. It's so cool that it exists at all. I know. It's kind of nice to get away from the reality, which stinks. It's fun to walk down a neighborhood street and see ghouls and cobwebs and stuff. It's so funny to me. Every year it seems more ridiculous but also, I'm like so much more happy that it exists. Yeah, me too. I took it for granted as a kid. You're just like, you yeah. Did? Well, sort of. Every kid does. I guess so. Yeah. <clears throat> Only in the sense that, like, it, in its like most simple form of existing at all in our culture. Yeah. You know, like you don't take the candy for granted. Like you're so no. excited that you get to go and just get free candy from people. Right. That alone, like that, that exists. You know, every year they're like, oh, don't, don't go trick or treating. There's yeah. blades in the candy bars and blah blah blah. But it still happens, and it still goes fine there's not ever been some sort of mass genocide on a halloween night that's you know, true knock on wood but it's yeah now more than ever i really appreciate that we get to do this and it hasn't been completely stopped or squashed and it's so anti-religious for the rick really religious people yeah i remember i'd have like friends they like won't celebrate like as a kid for real celebrate halloween because of their like religious beliefs but they'll be like oh we're doing a like fall fair uh, and they're like you want to yeah. come well, there's so much candy i'm like no that's just fucking whack like no i don't want to go to your fall anti halloween but also there's candy and bobbing for apples this is halloween bitch i want the full experience i want your fucking milk toast it's religious not, experience but it's been sort of bastardized as anti-religion i mean it's, it's really not. It's no not, they find it, it yeah, anti-religion it really I, isn't when it's you not look like, at the origins of it no it's not at all it's just stupid uppity religious people that they don't like the uh, you know the symbolism iconography of like ghouls and ghosts yeah and jaguars lots of jaguars <laughs> well i'm gonna dress up as austin from Jeopardy this year. I'm going to dress up as Sarah Huckabee Sanders <laughs> this year. Deal. You'll go as Sarah and I'll go as Austin. You got it. All right. So let's talk about Blade Runner 2049. It is the much anticipated sequel to the original film from 1982. Yep. And uh, it stars Ryan Gosling, yep. Harrison Ford, Dave Bautista, Robin Wright, uh, Jared Leto, Jared Leto, Sylvia Hooks, who plays the bad guy love. Edward James Olmos makes an appearance. A small appearance. That's right. Um, Very small. It is directed oh, by... Oh, Lenny. What's his name? Morgan. Oh, yeah. Of course. Lenny Clark. How Lenny could I Clark, forget? Lenny Clark, yeah. Um, Not did, Lenny Clark. I mean Lenny Clark. <laughs> Lenny Clark. What are you, some sort of freaking replicant? You want to come and get a slice? You're fucking not going to fucking be a replicant to me, pal. 
This is freaking future Boston. This uh, is... you, you had me with the accent until you said Boston. Well, fuck off. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, Lenny from Walking Dead. Yeah, Lenny Bruce. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, clack. Denis Villeneuve is the director. He did Arrival and Prisoners. Yeah, and, two um, fucking awesome movies. Writing credits. Oh, and Sicario. And he directed Sicario, Sicario. He directed Sicario, which we loved. And you really see it. You see it in this movie. And uh, the writing credits are to the original writer, Hampton Fancher, who uh, wrote the original Blade Runner, and Michael Green, who wrote Logan and uh, Alien Covenant. And, of course, it's the original source material. Based on Philip Dick's Android do dream androids. of no, do androids do android dream of electric sheep. Come yeah. on, get it out, man. Get right, it out. Sorry, it's a I'm simple trying to title. get all this info out. It's a lot. It's like taking over your head, man. <laughs> Messing with my melon, man. I'm twisting up my melon, man. <laughs> Paul Rudd's favorite song. Everyone knows that. Uh, so it, we are now thirty years uh, after. Past, after and Decker leaves with Sean Young. Yeah. And uh, Ryan Gosling is K. He is a replicant. but and he's a replicant uh, Blade Runner. He's yeah. a Blade Runner replicant. So that's his job is to take out his own kind. Because we learned that they are more advanced now. Well, there was or... like a second breed yeah. that now has to be. Because it was like the Nexus 6 groups. That was the ones that like Rucker Hauer was. Yep. And these ones are a more advanced group that were developed for like slave labor on a different uh, planet. And they had a revolution, a revolt. They had like a big kind of apocalyptic, Apocalyptic yeah. revolt. They formed a rebellion and then they escaped and they're trying to chase down the last remaining members of yeah. that group. And they're more advanced and uh, harder to spot and whatever. They kick whatever. ass. And they kick ass. And uh, it opens up with him chasing down Batista, who's... Well, he shows up and just like it's the backdrops in this. Each one is so individually different and unique. Yeah. The locations... The desolation. This is some of it looks like sort of Book of Eli. Some of it looks like you know original Blade Runner. Some of it Mad Max Fury Road. Mad, some of it looks like Mad Max Fury Road for sure. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and they open up with this sort of looks like it's raining or you know snowing ash. Yeah. You know? oh, right. And Batista's like a maggot farmer. You know, it's it's really like desolate. You know. Yeah, he's literally a maggot farmer. Yeah, like the <laughs> grub beetles. And uh, Ryan Gosling's on the case. He sort of helps himself into the guy's house. And yeah. they have this sort of simple confrontation that goes heavily, heavy, uh, instantly yeah. heavy violence uh, with Batista's fucking humongous frame. Uh, God, he's good, though. He's so good. Like, I, I have become more and more of a fan of his because we, we reviewed a film he did. He got to grow. Where he, what was the name Bushwick, of the Bushwick. Bushwick, yeah. Bill. Uh, where he really gets to show his chops as an actor, and I think that mm-hmm. you know he's doing that now. He's starting well, to really this is break shown. out. And I was talking to my friend Dean Harada. Shout out to Dean. He does film scores and stuff. And he was talking about how you know how much pressure there must have been. It's the opening scene of the movie. It sets up. It's the first scene of dialogue between the lead character and someone else, and it's Dave Batista. Yeah. So there must have been a lot of pressure of like you're opening up this movie. Yes. You're Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy, right? And you have to sort of deliver the this sort of really subdued performance and set the tone of the whole film. Yeah. And there was a really cool thing that we were talking about, <clears throat> which I sort of brought 
was the way he would sort of use his glasses as a real sort oh, of device point. because he's such a giant man and there's such tiny wire framed yeah. glasses and he's a replicant so it's like why do you really even need these tiny glasses you know what i mean yeah. and and then to go from putting on these little glasses to throwing him through a fucking wall right you know what i mean it was just such a funny like the paradox the, yeah that it was incredible. really cool and it was a really tight tense scene like right off the bat you know yep like really tense tension between the two of them and, and you gotta hand it to gosling man gosling uh, really pull i want to do a couple shout outs too because I, the production design the cinematography and the editing of this film are all going to win oscars yeah I, I, i'm going to say that right now they'll definitely be the, nominated and they definitely I, should they win should win roger deakins uh is the cinematographer he did the shawshank um redemption he did no country for old men he did skyfall Oh, Skyfall? Yep. Skyfall has some like very noted uh, moments in art direction. Very noted. Uh, Dennis Gassner is the production designer who also did Skyfall, The Truman Show, and Big Fish. Oh, Big Fish is cool. Uh, yeah, totally. And um, the film is edited by Joe Walker, who uh, did 12 Years a Slave, Arrival, Whoa. and Sicario. There you go. So, I mean, this is a, this is Oscar team. This it is, is an Oscar a team. team yeah. on board here. And, and it shows. It shows because the everything is just so beautifully thought out. And it's it didn't do as well at the box office. Yeah, we want to talk about we We should talk about that because it didn't. It underperformed, even by its sort of humble projections. Yeah, it was only projected to do forty-five million, which isn't gangbusters for but really. But it was like Mad Max Fury Road numbers. I feel like Mad Max a bit. That no, was a that was that. I that was the what? Um, it was about forty-five open week, open weekend, forty-five fifty. Right. But that means Mad Max. I feel like had a bigger run than this did. I've like had well, more. Well, this buzz. might have a bigger. It might run. have a long run, but yeah. it did thirty million, thirty-one million opening weekend. And to be honest, it's also affected by the biggest mass shooting in history. Yeah. So a lot of people might not be chomping at the bit to go and see a, you know, a sad dramatic movie. It's not a escapism movie in the sense that that like a fast and furious kind of no. movie it's it's definitely very cerebral it's mm-hmm. very i mean what the it what i think he did as a director captured the originals kind of texture yeah and silence of the silence. film there's a lot of moments that are just still a and, lot of backdrop shots of yeah. going through like the, the whole san diego scene where it's basically it's just sort of like a urban uh sort of apocalypse it's yeah. all just uh, iron and steel and factories and there's these like hermit people living there and like that's san diego you Which know what i mean we meet lenny james yeah lenny james um, and, and he runs some sort of like sweatshop orphanage for, orphanage yeah. but sweatshop kind of thing right you know and they're all just sorting through old metal parts and scraps san diego it's just like a giant junk heap sca- yeah. scrap yard it's so yeah. in, but the shots they do to establish that area are just Incredible. fantastic yeah and it sort of has a like a 2001 space odyssey vibe where it holds and it doesn't break it doesn't go oh are you bored oh we don't make sure we don't want them to be bored and right. it makes it so fascinating so yeah. that you could like smoke a joint and watch and just be like whoa wow yeah you watch is kind of, it i mean i absolutely want to see it a few times i would go back and see it again for sure it's well and we don't so Gosling quickly finds out uh, from 
after he kills, he retires, they say, retires. Yeah, retires. Batista. Batista. We meet Jared Leto, who's the new kind of owner of the company that well that no he, he's, he has the wallace company and he purchases the tyrell company oh, right. which is the company that made replicants and then he's the one that made this like new generation of replicants yeah with his um wallace company he's like the freaking steve jobs uh you know whatever of this you know world kind of sort of and he's with, a creeper he's, and he's got like crazy. weird eyes and... well i think he's blind but he has these little implants that control these sort of six hovering mini bots yeah. that function as his eyes yeah. so he's like can see everything all around panoramic it's, it's fucking fascinating, fascinating. Yeah. yeah man and he's a he he does a good job he does and we have to say he's only in the film for three scenes maybe it's not a lot and there's not a lot of exposition about him except from other characters mm-hmm. and that sort of thing like there was a really cool um thing that you should sort of put together where they established that wood this the substance wood is really rare yeah and if you go back and look at the wallace company most of everything is made of wood like all of the hmm. all of the fixtures and the desks right. and the and the, the um like where the assistant was sitting when you enter it's yeah. all wood so it's like a sign of status you know yeah and they always also have to reference that in within the world there was like a massive blackout so they went back to using analog technology right everything's done in like code you know nothing yep. it's no there's no cloud they lost everything they lost all the data you know yep. and we we talked about this too that they really stayed true to the original world where it's like still pan am and sony like there's no futuristic apple store and there's no, no and there's no iPhones. We're talking about that. There's no smartphones. They're like they left a lot of stuff out that yeah. are, that's in modern technology now in our world that but yet doesn't exist there. Right. There's holograms everywhere. Right. There's holograms everywhere. And there's um, artificial intelligence. A lot and really advanced artificial yeah. intelligence too. Like with one of the main characters in the story is Ryan Gosling's like AI girlfriend. Right. That he just has in his house because he's a replicant, which they call skin jobs, which yep. is like the racist term for a replicant. Right. And he's not beloved by his peers. They're like, get out of here, gross skin job. Yeah. Go do your job, you know? And that's the LAPD, you know? Right. And Robin Wright Penn, who's his boss. And she's not a replicant. No, and she's, she's human. she's also not a huge part, but she's great in it. And So good. The, it, there's hot. a mystery kind of right out of the gate that he has to solve, which is after when he goes to Batista, they send like a crew to sort of scour the area, and they find a, box a box that's buried, been buried under the tree, which is another wood. Right. Yeah. And it's a body of... It's got skele- oh, a, bone a, remains, yeah. skeletal remains of a woman. And they find out that she was pregnant. And they find out that she was a replicant. Yeah, in because a really she has interesting like a way. serial number on her. Yeah, on her inside of her hip bone, like really, like into there's like a small like, hairline fracture, which they would determine she had to have a C-section or something. Right. And then they zoom, zoom, zoom into that fracture, and within that is her serial number, which yeah. is so cool. And we don't know who this person is until the very end, really. And they and she and, and so he's out here's to the mystery, find yeah. because they're like, you've got to find. Robin writes like, you've got to find the child and destroy it. Yeah, like, we can't have any evidence of this. This existing because David Batista was a uh, a military medic, right. so he's the one that helped deliver the baby. But we don't know that. Like we think that maybe he's the father. Yeah, you think that. It, like that. Yeah, he might have been the father and the person to deliver yeah, the baby. Yeah, we don't know what you he is. You think it's his kid probably. It, yeah, I don't want to give away anything cuz this film is too good. Yeah, you can't like, give they, away too much. They're, they're, so he's on the on the case to find this baby and if it's still alive and if it's half replicant kind of like is it a replicant right. child? And Jared Leto's 
uh, strong man, which is this replicant named Love, uh, played by actress a uh, uh, Netherlands actress Sylvia Hooks, who is phenomenal. Yeah, she's really cool. She is really this, cool. a, st- a breakout. This is her breakout performance, and she is on the case too because they want to find out because he wants to know like if they can give birth well, he wants that technology yeah. he has this really cool scene where like it shows a replicant being born out of this like gross plastic bag covered in plasma that's an amazing scene yeah and yeah. he sort of gives this uh, a talk about how he's come so far with this technology but he hasn't been able to sort of crack this yeah he wants one to be code. god yeah, yeah yeah so if he can create life to create life then he's right. effectively god and so that's her mission and Ryan Gosling makes the mistake of going to the Wallace company to find some sort of dated archive which gives her a full like it puts her on the case yeah and she's working now against him right but he wouldn't have known that you know going in there right and you know meanwhile also robin wright he's sort of lying to her because he starts to find things out that he revelations about himself Mm -hmm. and And things he starts to not share with robin wright yeah he starts so keeping things to himself because he basically says he like found remains of this kid yeah it's dead but and then he thinks it. But that's not true. But that's yeah. not true. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not. Let, I know it's yeah. tough. It's tough to draw the line. Where do you draw? Where the line? do you draw the line from saying? But so Harrison Ford doesn't actually show up till about three quarters into the Halfway, movie. Halfway, maybe a maybe little, a little later. Not quite three like, quarters, but like but, yeah, and, a long enough. I'm yeah. sure. I know that was one of the criticisms, but I don't think so. I don't agree. I don't care. You know, that, I think yeah. they used him enough, and I'm glad they didn't overuse him. Yeah. I think that would have been worse as a storytelling. It's like, oh, and now it becomes the Harrison Ford show. And he's fucking 73 years old. Yeah. You know, how much can we but expect he's great from the in guy? It. He's so good. Yeah, it, it doesn't, it, it picks up, you know, right where it left off. You don't feel like he's fucking, he's just coming in for a paycheck or something like that. He feels no. like he's committed to the story and, and the and actual the part, work. And, and I mean, I think this could be his um, Sean Connery Untouchables Oscar. I think this could be his Oscar, supporting Oscar. That would be cool. I, I, I'm going to make that prediction right now. I'm going to make the prediction that not only does he get nominated, but this is going to be his win. And this might um, be like a Oscar noms, like sweeps. It might get 10 nominations. You depending. Know? I mean, you know, it's funny because that happened, you know, Mad Max did so well. And we saw we saw that film, and we said this is your best picture. And yeah. we're still kind of mad that it wasn't, even though it won like a bunch of well, awards. It won all the awards that would dictate, that dictate a best, that picture. It's best picture. Yeah, yeah. and then Spotlight won. And the and stupid we like, Spotlight, what? like I mean, good that's movie, a good but whatever. Play, yeah, but not good best picture. Play, not best picture. Come on now. Um, but they don't want to give this genre an award. They just don't. No, so, it's uh, a bummer. They just rarely do it. They rarely do it. Um, but I would say that if they're going to do it, they should do it with this one because it's good. this film is absolutely beautiful and it's mm-hmm. stunning mm-hmm. to look at. You're completely engaged. It feels like a throwback to filmmaking when you're still allowed to make a film first before you had to do your market testing and all your yes. shit. You know what I mean? Like you actually got to make the film you wanted to make with the source material. And he said that Ridley Scott was completely removed from it. When I hmm. was a Den- uh, new wave, uh, Denny, he said that he was off doing alien covenant. And he said oh. that that was the only way it could get done is like not to have him over my well, shoulder. Well, it's probably good. It I is mean, good. because I think the original is amazing. Yeah, and just leave it, let it be. Yeah, you know? it's one of those things, almost like Star Wars, where people like are now in tech and they're like yep. pioneers of things, and they from watching Blade Runner as a child or right. a teenager. You know, it's one of those like fucking landmark moments. Yeah, in culture, not just in film, it sort of creates a new 
way of thinking about the future yep. and about yourself, and that's what this movie does. It's like heavy themes. That's the thing. People aren't like you know they don't want to think about humanity right now, but I do. I still you, will. It's all about humanity. I'll and, look into the eyes. As was the original. And I mean, I think that... In existence and, and yes. what it means to be human and where that line is drawn and that sort of thing. And it, I feel like it's, it's other movies have done that same... Uh, many, many stories are about right. that. You know, Di- uh, Dr. Moreau is sort of about that. You know, like yeah. there's a lot of stories that are like that. But this one really stands... Oh, and we should say when we went, we went to sort of like a screening, like a private screening. Yeah. And they... they they started the movie and it said like Harrison Ford and then it said Rucker Howard. I know. And we then it like, said Daryl huh. Hannah. Yeah. And I thought it was some sort of like way they were just starting the new film right, was like showing the old film. Yeah. And then about 10 minutes in, you see the opening scene where he's being questioned if he's a replicant. Yeah. And then it cuts again to Harrison Ford eating noodles uh, in the rain. Yeah. And it's like, wait, this is just the first movie. <laughs> You oh, turkeys! Like, Wait a minute! And I had to go outside. And there was already a few other people out there, and, they, and then there was some guy on this little intercom, like AMC guy, like oh, and they came in, and he's like, oh shit, and like oh, oh, hello, everyone. Um, I just informed my manager that we started the original Blade Runner, and we're like, yeah, you turkey, and so, and so they had to like stop the movie cold and fucking get the lights up, and luckily they had it ready because it didn't take that long to start the new film. Yeah. but it was sort of funny. It's like, how do you even have this copy of this film? Uh, that like, was weird. They must like, be doing that, like as a, a screening. Thing. Yeah. yeah, they must be because, and they put on the wrong one. But it was kind of cool to watch just that first ten yeah, minutes because you get the original awesome. title scroll of like replicants are this, and this is what happens. Yeah, and these are the people that hunt them are called Blade Runners, and so well, it was kind of cool to see that opening ten minutes before we saw. It the was new also film. cool because it showed you sort of the atmosphere of that first film, right. and that he th- this. Denis Villeneuve, however, I'm mispronouncing Villeneuve. his name. He uh, he was the absolute perfect guy to direct. He this was because he, he was really understood what was created in the first one, but he modernized it. Mm-hmm. But he in, didn't but modernize it right to a ways. point, right? Right. <laughs> you know exactly. He didn't over modernize the it. The colors are more vibrant in this. In certain certain part, like when they go to Vegas, yeah, it's like all oranges but it's still muted orange and that it sort of is thing. but you're right yeah. there is more color with the holograms and yep. stuff it's a bit more uh higher saturation kind yeah. of thing you know but i think that's also just a product of our new technology you know yeah, it's CGI. I think that, well i mean you can do a lot with color correction so they could have done it right. duller you know but i think they chose to do that and i think it made sense and i mean they i mean i'm sure that was very carefully thought out the color correction on this and mm-hmm, but it, it, sure. it's it's absolutely just so far my favorite film of the year by by far far and away it sticks in my mind i would like to see this again because it's it is we should say it's two hours and 40 minutes yeah it's 243 yeah it's almost three hours but you don't even notice i didn't at least some people have claimed they felt it was 30 minutes too long i don't agree at all i I kind of liked this this the um just the way they broke the story down, the way they chose to tell it. Yeah. I like that long form. I wasn't mad at it. I'll get mad at a movie real quick, especially yeah, when some of these yeah, bullshit-ass yeah. uh, superhero films that are two and a half hours or two hours and 20. Right. It's like, no, this is a superhero movie. Yeah. Don't try to be 
uh, Blade Runner. Click, yeah, click. yeah. Just, you know, we're here for, you know what we're here for. Yeah. You know, but in a movie like this, it's like long form storytelling. And all of the art direction and the cinematography was, cinematography was so fucking detailed yeah. and rich that I didn't mind watching it, watching those scenes, of stat, like set up scenes for no, an extra few you're so 30 into seconds, it. 45 seconds of driving or cruising and. It's just really fucking neat, man. It, I'm just looking up to see if I can find uh, the art direction on this. Um, it's beautiful. Art direction by a bunch of people. David Doran. It's really Spencer special. Daily, you know? Linda Fry. Um, yeah, it's... It, it, I mean, and the production design and... Really uh, special film. Like, it, we're lucky to get a film like this still, in my we're opinion. We're so lucky. That I, we should be thanking our lucky stars that they're still making films like this, That they frankly. can, even if it's few and far between, that you can still get a movie out like this. Yeah. You know? And I didn't know what to make of it. We even saw the panel at fucking Comic-Con. They all came out. Harrison Ford was super yeah. pro. They had a cool little setup thing where they played the music, and Jared Leto had a pre-recorded speech about yep. how in, in, much of an influence this movie was. So we were there, man. Yeah. And even with that, I was still like, I don't know if this is going to be a good movie. I was like, worried. And I was worried, too. Yeah. And I was skeptical about Gosling because he was kind of a turd on the panel. Yeah. Kind and, of a turd. And uh, he was so good. He was so good in it was this. He's awesome. And yeah. it's mostly him, man. He's pinned he almost it. every yeah. scene. There's like a handful of scenes he's not in. But outside of I that, he's, remember those, but it's like mostly with Jared Leto and the girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like right. Those, yeah. those scenes until you know the end. And Everybody's good in it. Everyone. I mean, just it felt like a pro, like pro just at detail. every level. Like everyone on whatever team they were on, from the you know editing to the cinematography, casting to the casting, yeah. was the top of the game. Like and they were top, like really top. good at working together. And it almost yeah. felt like a, almost. Wes Anderson in the sense that he had control of every element like and granted they had different departments but the way Meh. Wes Anderson has such a like um attention to his own vision it seemed not, it's he like he does but I would say I'll say this this felt more like a team effort this felt like someone's vision who knew how to work all the people who were really great at their job Wes yeah. Anderson a lot often although I love Wes Anderson but sometimes it feels very much like it's his way or the high. Well, this I think is it my is. Way, yeah, you I know? think it is. Because he writes his scripts of course, and stuff. But, yeah. But uh, I just mean in a sense of like, it seemed like the uh, simpatico of yeah. all the different departments yes. and people working together. And they yeah. were also professional that the overall, like the overall vision of Denis yeah. was conveyed. You know what I yep. mean? As the director. Yeah. No and pressure. Everyone and everyone like, respected it. Yeah, and, and everyone yeah. respected him because there must have been a big sort of to-do of who to bring in as director. You know what I mean? Oh, who I'm do sure. you bring I mean, in? Took, like, look how many years it took to do this sequel. Right. And and then, you know, Denis in, in that respect is relatively newer in the sense that he's not, he he wasn't making movies in the 90s. No. This movie came out in the 80s. Yeah. like Early 80s. Early 80s. Yeah. So, like, he's relatively in that scope newer yeah. but when you look at arrival and sicario and you and prisoners you think oh out of all like the newer guys who would you do george miller you know what i mean i, I mean i'm sure that there's a whole it's bunch that they've gone through right they must have went through so many and watched their work and like who decides is really scott decide does the studio decide is it a group sure effort the studio decides i'm sure they got yeah. really scott's uh 
influence though or yeah. uh, just opinion for fuck's well, sake. Well at one point he was attached to it. Yeah, at he one was. point over the years it was gonna be him doing it and at one point he was attached on it to produce Well I mean, I'm glad he didn't do it like how he did Alien. You know what I mean? Where he's like, No, these are my movies. Yeah. Like, this is my story. You know, so I'm glad that he like let go of the reins and gave it to a, a new vision. You is know? he an executive producer on this? Maybe. I wouldn't be surprised. Um You okay there, pal? I'm just dying slowly. Are you dying? Yeah. Um, yeah, he's not listed as... Really? Oh, yeah, he is. He is listed as an ex- executive producer. Okay, so he yeah, must I mean, have some is, ownership yeah. in this franchise. I mean, Bug York and prof- producer, um, mm-hmm. Dana Belcastro, mm-hmm. Tim Gamble, a bunch of people. Um, but yes, he is listed as an executive producer. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, but he definitely Just hands like, off. He was hands he off. He did. That's, yeah. what, that's what Villeneuve said he, he, uh, in that in this interview I watched. Villeneuve. 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 From Quebec. From Quebec City. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd give this a 9.5. Yeah, I'm gonna 9.6 say that. for me. Or I'll um, say that too. I'll, no. I'll agree with you on that. Yeah, extra was, point makes all the difference. Yeah, I'll, 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 I will agree. I am close to giving it even more than that. Yeah. I mean, it's frankly one of the. If it doesn't win Best Picture, it's just gonna cement nominated. my feeling that Hollywood has issues with sci-fi fantasy uh, genre fiction. They can they only do, do it every once in a while with like Return of the King, which frankly wasn't even the best one of that series. No, I don't think so. And um, I still don't know well, why they were willing to give it to that, but yet I know, there's they, many they others that should have gotten of it. Lord yeah. of the Rings, I think because that's more fantasy, because it's a sort of like knights and armor. It's like easy and horses versus like spaceships. And- yeah, but I mean, and I know I'm going to sound like I'm on a soapbox, but Deathly Hollows too mm-hmm. is a better film than Return of the King, frankly. Yeah, and it is. performances in that, and like the like. Well, these are equal. I didn't really like Return of the King. I haven't seen. I only saw it once. I think the I was, Fellowship what, of the Rings, the best one of that franchise. I think so I was so bored by the end of it. Like, just, and it all has they, they do that sort of longing look. I know. And, I couldn't. I couldn't do that. I'm like, this is fucking gay. Like, what the fuck? I was watching it as like a teenager. I never saw the movie again because it was so long too. I'm like, I'll never watch. Did this you read again. the books? No. Oh, see, I've read all the books. Oh, well, um, yeah. Well, I'm a Tolkien fan. Those are full of crap. No. Bananies. <laughs> no, you love to say that though. I love to say that. Yeah, you it do. pains me to say that. Oh no. You know, I don't like that you're full of gosh dang crap. Hey now. Uh, so we're going to give it a 9.6 out of 10. Go see it in the theaters. Don't wait. It's worth it. Especially yeah, support if you... these films so they can make more, yeah. you know, like don't, they put so much into the promotion of this film for it to do underperform. It's just, you know, and I want it. They set it up for a sequel. Let's not play games. Like, yeah, they you know, did. they did. There's, there's a sequel there. Yeah. There's a resistance that we get, you know, and there's a meeting at the end and yeah. it's not like a finale, finality sort of end, yeah. of, the, end of the world. Everything's the set up for a sequel. But though. I, if, but a movie like this, I yeah. would see a sequel. I you know agree. what I mean? I, I would, agree. Right. I would see that what happens next in this story. Because yeah. Jared Leto's character sort of left ambiguous at yeah. the end. You know, that was the one criticism that some people have is that, like, 
we never got to really see where Jared Leto falls at the end of this. Mm. Not like literally falls, but it just sort of, he sort of left and we never see a follow up scene. Right. Like, I'll get you, Decker. <laughs> just like, you know, like all he had to do is like give it 30 seconds, you know? I don't know. I mean, maybe that was <clears throat> planned on purpose because maybe. there's another in the works, but right. I hope that it does well enough overseas and continues to kind of pick up steam. I do think that you're right. I think that the, you know, horrible massacre in Vegas, um, which was devastating. Um, and that, and just the overall tone of the world and the fires now and the hurricanes. And, right. You know, All I the think f- storms, yeah. Right. People are really inclined to see things that don't make them think. No, they want to see Thor 3. They want to see... We'll see if they want to see it. Yeah, that's we'll coming see. Out yeah, that's the 3rd, other thing. Yeah. And Justice League is November 17th. Well, they definitely want to see Last Jedi. Everyone that's December 15th. Everyone wants to fucking see that. Yeah, it doesn't... I don't think it looks that good. Oh. I, I, I mean, if you see this, you can see the, uh, the new trailers it. on our website, thehmcnetwork.com. And... I don't know. I haven't watched I mean, it because I feel like I know exactly what it's going to look you like. Do. And I don't think I care. <laughs> like, I'll still see it in theaters, but I don't even give a fuck. Sorry, Star Wars fans. Like, who cares? It's just Disney property now. It's not. And I was never a huge, huge Star Wars fan. I had a phase yeah, when I was a I kid am. when they did the re-releases with all the added footage. The shitty ones. We always wanted re-releases. to have dugong lizards in the background, <laughs> but we couldn't afford it. And- and then they did a mass push of Star Wars merchandise. That was like the the second revival of Star Wars merchandise, and I was That's hooked, right. yeah. blind and sinker as a fucking t- ten or eleven year old. Like, I gotta get all the characters. Yeah. And then once I had them, I'm like, what do I have these for? I mean, I like lightsabers and I like stormtroopers, but I had so many Star Wars toys. I mean, action figures. And as action a figures. kid who was literally a kid when I went to see the first one in the theaters, and it was like I was, yeah. you know. Like you're still sort of is, believe in the magic of it. As soon as you hear the music, you're like, ah, it's Star Wars! Oh my god! Yeah, I know. And so I'll still go and be like excited. But then, I mean, I was sort of disappointed. But I didn't like Rogue One at all. No. And um, New the, Hope, what was the it called? Force Awakens was okay, but it just felt like, yeah, that's a Star Wars yeah, movie. You guys made a Star Wars film. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you did it. That's Star Wars. And they didn't really screw it up. It had no. some cool stuff right. in it. Yeah, cool. But just it's you can't you'll never it's like they're con it's like a drug addict who got his like first high and that was the best high. Yeah. And then you go chasing that high and it never gets better. Yeah. You just become a junkie instead. Yeah. And you're never gonna be satisfied. You're just gonna O D. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the star wars universe that's is true. it is all you fuckers especially that's... like the original fans and the new fans yeah just like yeah you guys but isn't suck. that true with every universe i mean because Kinda. like i'm a crazy harry potter fan and i wanted to love fantastic beasts and no you didn't love it, it no not at all well, really but, like you got eight solid movies like, you can't really complain. It's true. You got eight good movies. Yeah. What is there to complain about? I wanted 16 great yeah. movies. Like, how many great, like, that's a pretty good know, average. True. Eight that's movies, true. and they're all pretty fucking good. Yeah, I and know. And the kids grow into young adults, and I everyone's know. happy and jerking each other off at the end. <laughs> I mean, you're, you, you Harry Potter fans have nothing to complain about. Uh, yeah, all right. Us Batman fans have been through the ringer. Hey, speaking of Harry Potter fans, I want to do a shout-out to... Uh, my friend Matthew Cortland um, from The Cauldron Project, which is a series of pop-up events for Harry Potter and other fantasy magic fans mm. using science 
to create magic. Like he's got like a wand that makes kegs pour into your little pint Through glass. Like sensory yeah, motion it's super sensor cool. stuff. That's cool. And uh, if you're in the London area, November 18th um, at the White Horse Tavern is going to be the first pop-up there. And there will be a series of them in London. And then they're going to be in the States, too. So, oh, yeah? Yeah, you can find out more on their website, which is thecauldron.io. You can also go to our website, thehmcnetwork.com, because we are involved. We are? Yeah, we're involved. We're oh, gonna, We're going to be going to the New Year's Eve one, hopefully. Hopefully. Well, I better learn up my magic. Yeah, you better. It's going to be pretty fun. Um, you can get tickets for the November 18th one now on sale from their website. Uh, so we also wanted to do a recommendation of some horror films that are currently streaming. Um, yeah, tis the season. Tis the season. Want to see some horror movies? Might not have seen every year that for the last hundred years, last thirty-five years, see something a little different. We got a couple titles here. Yeah, three of them are new. One of them is the Limehouse Golem, starring Bill Nye, Nye, and Olivia Cook, um, and Eddie Marsden. Eddie Marsden, and by Juan Carlos Medina. Um, it is. It's a period piece, sort of Jack the Ripper time period, London. Mm-hmm. Another sort of um, crime, but yet a very. It's horror. It's crime definitely thriller like period horror. horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of like a Penny Dreadful or yeah. Uh, what's the stupid Johnny Depp one uh, from Hell? From Hell and yeah, and uh, Dick, Dick, Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These old tired balls uh, of mine. That was that was pretty good. It was not great, but it's it pretty great, good. But it's it's a worth good, the watch right. on Amazon or iTunes or yeah, wherever you fancy. You want to check that out? We'll see some horror British. If you like the period, period piece, yeah. and Ni- Nike G is always good. Yeah, he's great. And there's a twist. You don't see it coming. Yeah, there's a twist. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like at the end of the day, they set it up where it's like one of two right. things. Yeah. So it's either this twist or that one twist. Of three things. Yeah. One of three things. Oh, okay, so it was that twist. Well, that bravo. Twist. Bravo um, fucking bow. All right. There's also a new take on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre called Leatherface. It's pretty shitty. It's pretty shitty. It's brand new. It's brand new. Had yeah. a theatrical release for a second, but it's on streaming right now, I believe, and right. um, or maybe it's still in the theaters. Uh, but it's an origin story. It's the origin story of Leatherface himself. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm getting tired of the origin stories. Do we need to have that origin story? No. Leatherface, like most characters, are more interesting. As like, I think it it scratches that itch that everyone thinks they want to know mm. after seeing the original movies of these things, right? And then when they give it to you, you're kind of like, oh, this sucks. Like yeah. Charlie and Chocolate Factory, you don't need Willy Wonka to, like go into the dentist as a kid. You know what I mean? It's like so stupid. <laughs> or like Rob Zombie's version of Halloween, Michael Myers. Yeah, yeah you don't that need to I see. really didn't like. You no. way dove into that to a point where you're like, no, no, no. you don't need to see like a Michael Myers watching Charles in charge (laughs) (laughs) it's like his favorite show (laughs) i don't know uh okay so that one not so much but i will say this for horror fans it's on our list because hardcore horror fans and given that leatherface is one of the titans of terror yeah for sure uh, you should check it out yeah you don't really get any chainsaw deaths till like the end so be warned that's kind of a thing but you get gory deaths you get some gory deaths yeah Yeah. they kind of rip off a lot of movies though too of course like they do um also new is an indie horror film that made that was doing the festival circuit um called happy hunting yeah it's kind of like a purge type film Mm -hmm, like a smaller scale purge yeah but it's a, a 
junkies sort of end up in this town on the border of Mexico mm. and um, yeah. Texas, and they round him up, and then they go hunting, hunting them. them. Yeah. yeah, and there's no escape. Yeah, and um, it's it sort of fizzles at the end, or yeah. kind of loses you a little bit. But yeah, it it's, lost me. It's kind of a cool atmospheric. It's it's mm-hmm. worth a stream, definitely. It's worth a stream over yeah. Halloween. You know, you're not gonna. Be, I don't think you'll be blown away by it. And yeah, by the end of it, you're kind of like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, you know, but. Yeah, it's worth just streaming it for horror's sake, you know? And if you like the Purge franchise, I think you probably will. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Or if you, you know, a a better version of it is Surviving the Game with John C. McGinley and Mm -hmm. um, Gary Busey um, and Jonathan uh, and Ice T. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) What? What is that name? Well, he's in there, I think. Yeah. Well, hard target, man. John Claude Van Damme. Uh, yeah, he had his too. one. Yeah, I love that. There's a movie. lot of those kind of movies, but actually, this one has some originality in it. And really- Running Man, you know. Yeah, that's true too. Um, I did not know Running Man was a Stephen King. It was a Richard Bachman. That's why. Okay. Ah. Yeah. Dummy. Okay. Yeah. Right, dummy. <laughs> I don't thought you. <laughs> oh, suited him. Oh, yeah, he did that. Shut up. Yeah, shut up. Um, and then the last one is not a new film. It was originally done in 2009. It stars uh, Michael Fassbender, and it's yeah. called Blood Creek. And Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. And, and Superman himself. Yeah, yes. a young Superman. And also the dude from um, Prison Break. Dominic Purcell. Yeah. And then also Shea fucking Wiggum. Yeah, we who's love in everything Shea now, and he's awesome. He's in everything. And this movie's like almost ten years old. Yeah, and I never. And it's Joel Schumacher directed. Yep, I've never heard of it. It's about Nazi occultism yep. and like you know all of the freaking branching storylines that we've made from that idea of right. Nazism and the occult, which is basically the Wolfenstein video game, right? Which is so cool. And uh, I this is probably the best movie of this, of this list group. Yes, it's you know I never heard of it. Didn't even know it existed. And Michael Fassbender played plays a creature and he's awesome and he's awesome and it's a simple it's a simple story it's sort of one location probably a smaller budget but i liked it yeah i was I liked into it, it too it's you know it's not it's a very gory it's gory it's creepy yeah it's sort of like a jeepers creepers thing like this the monster but and better better but better film. better yeah. film and cooler backstory yep. you know what i mean it's a weave in michael fassbender is sort of like a a nazi uh, officer who's sent to sort of uh, research occult uh, rune stones and ruin and uh, occult what are you, locations in yeah. America, and he sort of finds this one on this these old this people's farm in St. Louis or where, fucking Louisiana or something. <laughs> yeah, because those are right next door. <laughs> it's either if it's not St. Louis, then it's the state of Louisiana. <laughs> Everyone knows that it's an old American adage. Yeah, but yeah, it's really neat, and without saying too much, you know. You could go to Louisiana, I guess. Yeah. No, watch it. It's definitely worth watching. Yeah, I like that movie. Blood Creek. Blood Creek. We'll post all this stuff on our website, thehmcnetwork.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will also have some more horror haunts to talk about. Yeah. Because we're going to the Warner Brothers one. I yeah, think that's we awesome. might be hitting the Queen Mary. Yeah, and still too. haven't been to the Queen Mary Dark one. Dark Harbor. Yeah, they have a on the ship, a haunted ship experience, which is pretty cool. I like the Queen Mary. Yeah. 
And before you go to Universal's Haunted Horror Nights, uh, check out our review because we kind of shit on it. And before you go to Not Scary Farm. Don't go. Don't go. (laughs) (laughs) Totally stepped on my punchline, but that's okay. Sorry. (laughs) Fucker. (laughs) It's like jumped in there. Don't mind if you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, All right. You saw it coming. Saw it coming. So that's that's it for us this week on the Herald of Modcast. Uh, We like to thank our new sponsor, Nerd Nation Travel and Puzzle Zoo and all the good folks at American Giant. Right. So thanks, guys, for sponsoring our cool podcast. And also, I'd like to shout out my new sponsor, the Chris Benoit beads. They'll kill your wife. What? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no comments. All right. Thanks, folks. That's it for us this week. And uh, check us out online and we'll see you next time. See you later, jerks. See you, jerks.